0: Welcome to Centra Scripts. Here we talk about health, wellness, and practical tips for your everyday life. I'm your host, Cami Smith. Welcome to Centra Scripts. I am your host, Cami Smith, and I am here with Dr. Pavlonis, who is a vascular surgeon here at Centra. The reason we're here discussing today is because the month of September is Peripheral Vascular Disease Awareness Month. And so We want to bring some highlights, some awareness around what that is, because I know for me, this is not something I have encountered in my personal life. And maybe those of you who are listening are not aware of what that is or how it's impacting maybe even those around you. And so um, we're going to go ahead and jump in. Dr. Pavlonis, thank you so much for being here today and for having this conversation with us. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself first before we jump in?
1: Well, I'm a vascular surgeon here in Lynchburg, Virginia. I love being here. This is my uh, third year of uh, practice within our fine city. Um, it's, uh, we have a very busy practice. Uh, peripheral vascular disease is very prevalent in this area and something that uh, we have a lot of work to do on.
0: That's incredible. See, that I had no idea that it was so prevalent. So, explain to us what exactly is peripheral vascular disease.
1: So, peripheral vascular disease is impaired blood flow, uh, primarily to the lower extremities, mainly in the legs. Uh, that can cause all sorts of uncomfortable and potentially life threatening problems, uh, such as uh, limb loss, uh, lifestyle limiting uh, factors and a whole host of other things. It can also be indicative of other more serious problems like uh, heart disease, cerebrovascular disease, like stroke type things.
0: Yeah, goodness. So not only could it be something that somebody just has that they're walking through as a disease in their life, but it's also an indication of maybe something a little bit deeper. Correct. Okay. Um, is this something that people have, like that they're born with, that they have, it's in their, their genetics, or is this something that, like you said, can come at later or both?
1: Um, it really seems to be uh, a lot of lifestyle type uh, decisions and problems, but there's also a hereditary component as okay. well um, that can affect some people. Uh, taking uh, control of Diabetes, high blood pressure, quitting smoking, modifiable type uh, factors uh, can be very helpful in potentially avoiding this. But then there are also some uh, hereditary issues that folks can suffer with and can develop this through sometimes no fault of their own.
0: Yeah, so interesting. I feel like we have conversations about a lot of um, the the things that we treat here at Centra and so many of them come back to lifestyle come back to things like smoking come come back to things like um eating healthy getting up and exercising it it really blows my mind how much just having an active and healthy lifestyle can clear up some of these things that can creep in if you're not careful would you agree
1: oh yes um a a lot of these things uh just watching what you eat regularly following up with your doctor Mm -hmm. not smoking Um, those types of things are very, very important in avoiding this type of problem. Yeah. With peripheral vascular disease.
0: Okay. So what are some symptoms? Like if this is not something that you have had your whole life, what are some very clear symptoms that are triggers or indications that it's time to go get checked out?
1: It, it, It can sometimes start out very benign maybe achy legs with walking a little bit Okay, uh, that gets that gets better with resting, but it can be progressive uh, to the point where um, a person can develop ulcers, hmm. have very terrible pain, even even when they're just sitting down at rest or sleeping uh-huh. um, and, and it can be very, uh, a very uncomfortable thing.
0: Things that are not obvious. So I'm not feeling achy. I'm not, you know, I've heard like cold hands, cold feet, mm-hmm. things like that that can be indicative of the peripheral vascular disease. What about things like like restless leg or like loss of sleep or things that are a little bit more surface level mm-hmm. um are is that an indication to go get checked out? I don't want this to be the web md of podcasts cuz yeah. I don't want to go down that road, but I know that you said this is very common and and so if there are things that people can kind of, it can set antennas up, what would you suggest for them? Like, what would be a first step if, if you're having some of these things?
1: I, I think the great first step is having a good relationship with your primary care doctor. Yeah. They're the um, primary care doctors that I work with. They're all very great mm-hmm. um, at going through and, and weeding out some of these different things like restless leg syndrome. Is it a musculoskeletal problem? Is it vascular disease? Yeah. Um, so, First best step, senior primary care doctor um, and, and having them check you out, especially if you have a concern with with any of this stuff, even if it seems minor. Yeah, you know, you really shouldn't sit on it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's another thread that I see um, when we talk to a lot of different specialists is establish a relationship with your primary care doctor because. When you go in sight unseen hi i'm so and so it's hard to go through history it's a lot to disclose to someone but when you have an established relationship you can have a lot of those things already known already documented and then you can even narrow down what the specific issue could be faster Um, and it could be crucial especially in the case where it could be something that is more specialist centered so you have the symptoms you've gone to your primary care What does treatment look like? What like and maybe go through like from beginning to end, what can someone expect to encounter when they're in treatment?
1: Well, it depends on exactly what their problem is and um, where if they have arterial disease, where it is and Mm -hmm. and the severity of it. Um, We like to do kind of an escalated, uh, gradually escalated stepwise approach to managing this If, if there's no if there's not severe symptoms or any kind of like risk for losing limb. Mm-hmm. Typically what we start out with, there are some uh, medication options as well as uh, some exercise therapy that okay. can be employed initially in, in mild cases of uh, peripheral vascular disease that are helpful yeah. um, and sometimes even better than a surgical or procedural option. Um, in, in cases where symptoms are very severe or there's a threat to losing uh, a leg, um, we can do either minimally invasive type Mm -hmm. options with doing uh, angioplasty or stenting. And sometimes we have to do open surgical options that involve uh, repairing or rejuvenating the artery directly.
0: Yeah, have there been extreme cases, is that common?
1: Uh, unfortunately, in this area, uh, there, with the prevalence of diabetes and, mm-hmm. and smoking, uh, we unfortunately see a lot of folks that are end stage uh, in, in terms of their peripheral vascular disease where they do end up losing limbs. Yeah. Um, we, we've been working very diligently uh, from our end to try and avoid that as much as possible. I know that uh, the primary care doctors and providers in our area they're also working very, very hard and giving yeah. us early referrals for for folks so that we can hopefully work together and manage this uh, for a good outcome.
0: Yeah, sounds like a great team. Mm-hmm. So for preventative steps, other than what we've already talked about in, with healthy lifestyle, n- not smoking, things like that, what other preventative steps are there?
1: Uh, staying active, using your legs, uh, yeah, is 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 always very good, um, in, in terms of just healthy uh, dietary choices and uh, not gaining excessive weight. Also, also good. Yeah. those are things that we can directly affect and yeah, um, take control of.
0: Okay, so I'm going to switch gears a little bit on you. Okay. Um, how did you get into this particular specialty?
1: Well, I always knew that I wanted to be a surgeon, just not exactly which one. Okay. Um, and uh, during my residency, I really fell in love with uh, vascular surgery. I found that uh, the patients, even though they have you know kind of big problems that we deal with, yeah. they're all very interesting. And it's uh, I kind of like the balance of vascular primary care in addition to also doing surgery and uh, maintaining a long-term relationship with these folks because vascular problems just don't affect like, the legs or the carotid arteries or yeah. an aneurysm or something like that, we really have to take into account the entire person. And um, if there are problems one one place, we have to watch for problems other places. So it there's a bit of detective work and involved with that and yeah. uh, just some ongoing uh, taking care of people, which I, I really enjoy. I have yeah. some you know, patients that I consider friends.
0: Yeah. So you get to do both. Yes, that that's not very common or or is it that people can do the primary care, but also step in as surgeon, which I don't want
1: to you know, take away from the very important work that the primary care doctors do. It's yes. just a uh, genuinely uh, collaborative relationship that, that yeah. we have in, in working with these folks where it's not just we get sent to do surgery. We also get to see them
0: yeah. ongoing to.
1: Make sure that they're still doing OK.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure that that plays a big part to the relationship that you're establishing with your patients. Oh, yeah. Because um, there's a lot of trust that that goes in there Absolutely. when you, you're going under for something specific like that. So so what's next for this particular area? So there, there's surgery at this point.